And welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner Podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. I want to apologize to our loyal listeners for not being able to come at you with the podcast last weekend. I took a trip to Kansas City and then had a work trip uh, with my pumps uh, my, for my pumps magazine. So we're going to have you a, a midweek podcast where we're really just going to focus on the Alabama basketball and baseball signees and give you some good detailed player comparisons for that. But uh, before we get into it, uh, let me introduce my co-host Mark Jennings to you. Mark, how's it going? Drew, I got to be real honest with you. I was pretty down this weekend. I was pretty depressed that we weren't doing a podcast because you're off learning about water towers or whatever it is that you do. And I was disappointed. I'm so glad to be back on tonight talking to you and sharing with your listeners my expertise and the the wealth of knowledge that I've, I've gained over my years of experience and I'm excited to be on this podcast tonight, Drew. How are you doing? I'm really doing well, Mark, and um, I, I hope I'm, I'm glad you're excited to be back. How, how are things going on the Twitter world? Have you blocked anybody lately? Well, I had some disappointing people tweeting at me. People who have told previously not to contact me, and yet they continue to contact me and, and yearn for my attention. You know, it's like a small child you know, begging for another scoop of ice cream. They want more of my attention. And frankly, Drew, I have a family to take care of. I have a business to run. I have, a, a, you know, recruiting to do and breaking down film. I just don't have time for for minions who are coming at me and, and gnawing at my ankles trying to get my attention. So I did block a person on Twitter this week. And, and frankly, that person really might need some psychiatric help uh, I'm worried about some type of mental disorder for that person. I'm not going to say his name on Twitter, Drew, because I think that's probably what he wants, and I'm not going to give him the, the the benefit of that. But other than that, Drew, yeah, Twitter's going great, and you guys keep asking great questions and giving me uh, some great comments, and I really appreciate everybody following me on Twitter. I believe we're up to about 260,000 people following me on Twitter, so Thank you, all of you who uh, follow me on Twitter, and, and I hope you enjoy the podcast this week. Yeah, why don't you tell everybody your Twitter handle uh, in case they're not one of the 260,000 people? Well, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me at, at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. Or you can email me. My email address is, at, is excuse me, I'm sorry. It's MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. And, Drew, we are getting literally hundreds of emails every day so if i don't get back to you on your email i apologize please don't take it personally because we get so many on that email account you can find me on email at martinbreakstownfilm at aol.com or you can find me on twitter either one is fine and as soon as i get an opportunity i'll respond and i appreciate all the fans that we have on the podcast that's great to hear. And to let everybody know, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox. Just search Champs Corner, subscribe, and, and, and obviously share with your friends as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Drew Champlin. That's D-R-E-W-C-H-A-M-P-L-I-N. Mark, uh, from what I could tell, it seemed like it was pretty cold in Tuscaloosa for the Alabama-Mississippi State game. Um 2.30 kickoff, Alabama won. Don't really, not really going to talk so much about the game, but how did the Dippin' Dot sales go? 
Well, the, the Dippin' Dot sales didn't go uh, as well as we had hoped. You know, the cold weather, unfortunately, came upon us. God did not answer uh, many of mine and many of the audience's prayers for warm weather. Uh, so it didn't go very well. But, you know, Drew, I do Dippin' Dots not so I can make money because I like providing a service to my consumers. And I want what, what's best for the customer. So the bright light of all this, uh, you know, if your glass is half full like mine always is, you know, I'll look at it and say, well, nobody bought Dippin' Dots, but nobody bought the, the fake frozen orange juice either. And I appreciate the fact that Mr. Byrne has taken steps to remove me and take, take my booths away from the fake orange juice. And thankfully this weekend, because of the cold weather, nobody bought the fake orange juice that was from Concentrate. Uh, and so that's really a blessing uh, for all of us and myself included. I'm happy that no one was, was taken in or deceived by the fake orange juice that is being sold at Bryant Denny Stadium. All right. Well, hey, it's the second round of the high school playoffs this weekend, and I've got at least one more week. I was over at Hoover last week, saw their win over Bob Jones. It was a close one, and I stayed safe, thankfully. Uh, but then I found out I'm going. I was asked to go back to Hoover and cover another game this weekend. So I'll see Hoover hosting Mountain Brook, and I'm assuming with Hewitt Trustville playing at Thompson. That's probably you'll be in Alabaster, right? Or will, will I see you at Hoover? Well, Drew, I'll be at Thompson High School, Drew, and I'm disappointed to hear that you're a Hoover. I do hope that you have a good life insurance policy in place for you and your family in case something happens to you at Hoover. I know the people at Mountain Brook aren't very happy about going to Hoover. Uh, they're considering uh, protesting the game because they have to go to Hoover and it's not a safe area, and they're concerned about that. Uh, you know, they're, they're considering not going to the game at all just to send a message. Uh, maybe they'll have, you know, fake a, uh, a flu virus or something or an epidemic or a pandemic that's going to go through the team or something. They might fake that. I don't know. I know that they really don't want to go to Hoover, so I'm interested to see if that game's even going to take place. Uh, but for all those reasons, I'm going to be at the Hewitt Trustful and Thompson game Friday night. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that, and we'll have to talk about that when we come back to the podcast or on Sunday. I'm not sure if this is something you really want to talk about because of, of your, you know, your focus on recruits, but really disappointed Alabama's first game in the Charleston Classic. They get uh, pretty much destroyed by a team from the Northeast, uh, Northeastern, 68-52, to 52, and we said on the podcast, I think it was I, me who said this, that if Alabama continues to start uh, Dante Hall and Galen Smith together the first four minutes of the game. You know, these are two bigs who they're effective down low for the most part, but they can't step out and shoot. There's no range. They can't spread the floor that, you know, they'd be down somewhere in the range of 12 to four against a functional division one team. Well, Northeastern was up eight to nothing, just like that, 10 to three, you know, and it was never really close. I think other than maybe Alabama cutting it to about seven, but, uh, Really bad game all around for Alabama. Just you know, disappointing. You know, John Petty, I thought, played fine. He had uh, 30, uh, 17 points, only one in double figures. Tevin Mack, seven points in 15 minutes. He was the only player with a positive plus-minus rating at plus one. But uh, some really bizarre lines. Dante Hall, just zero points in, in 19 minutes. And uh don't really know what to say, Mark. Is this even, did you get a chance to look at this this game or anything like that, or do you even want to talk about it? Well, Drew, I haven't watched the game yet. Uh, I'm waiting on on the album assistant coaches to send me the film. You know, they asked me uh, to break down film of every game, and I'm looking to see what happened there. But 
But I'm glad you got to brag on yourself for a little bit, even though I'm the one that told you off the air about starting two bigs and, and like Dante Hall and Galen Smith in danger of that. But I'm glad you got to feel good about yourself right there. But I got to be honest with you, Drew, this game's completely unsurprising to me. You have a disciplined team like Northeastern. They've got some pretty good players. You have Alabama, who's still trying to figure out how to play without Colin Sexton. And then there's some, uh, as you mentioned, some poor lineup choices involved. So I can't say that this outcome was completely surprising. What the issue is, is how Alabama's going to learn from Alabama's going to learn from this. Uh, what what other lineup changes can be made to improve uh, the offensive efficiency? Because only scoring fifty two points against a team uh, a mid major like Northeastern is a pretty poor effort. And I'm looking forward to see what changes are made in the Alabama basketball team going forward this season. Yeah, they play Ball State tomorrow. Some I think about what twelve thirty or one on ESPNU. Uh, the the disappointing thing to me is this the fact that they're they're going to play Ball State tomorrow and then they're probably they're going to play Appalachian State or probably Davidson on Sunday. They just played App State in their regular season game just a few days ago, so they're missing the chance to get some high quality strength of schedule games. They're not playing Virginia Tech and uh, they're not playing either uh, Purdue or Wichita State on Sunday, so that would have been a good one and two if they played them close, but. Uh, you know they they need to just get two wins here and come back with on a high note and, and really figure some things out because there's it seems like there's some good high rated recruits we've talked about but just uh not quite putting it together. But uh, let's talk about some Alabama basketball and baseball signees. I know that's the part of the podcast you really you're really look, look, really looking forward to, right, Mark? Well, you know my passion is breaking down film and talking about some big time players. So whenever I get the opportunity to talk to big time players on the podcast. It's always my pleasure to take advantage of that and share with your listeners my knowledge. Yeah, uh, well, um, the baseball, t- we'll get to baseball pretty soon, but this is a pretty good baseball class, though, right? I mean, you know, I know you've broken down a lot of these Alabama baseball classes over the last few years, but it really seems like Brad Bohannon, uh, the second year head coach, is doing some great things on the recruiting trail. He really is, Drew. You know, my good friend Brad Bohan is bringing in probably the best baseball class album has had since probably the mid-2000s. 2006 specifically, they had guys like Alex Avila and Kent Mathis and Ryan Roden in that class. I think this is the best class since 2006, and I think my, my good friend Coach Bohan is doing a great job. I'm so happy I got he got that job. You know, my, my friend Greg Byrne asked me about potential baseball coaching hires that he could make. And the first person out of my mind was Brad Bohannon. And, and I'm glad that Coach Byrne took my advice and, and, and hired Brad Bohannon. I think things are really looking up for the Alabama baseball program. All right. Well, first we're going to get these three basketball signees talked about, and uh, then we'll get to the baseball signees because there's a lot more about the baseball. And we haven't talked about a lot of these baseball players, but uh, people want to hear the comps. So uh, Juwan Gary – uh, signs out of South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, 6'6", 190, number 55 overall player in the class of 2019. Big-time scoring forward, it seems, Mark. Uh, 20.5 points a game, 8.3 rebounds, 1.9 steals as a junior. And uh, I think this is a guy who's probably going to be a really really high-impact player in college if he can put on some strength. Mark, what's your what was your thoughts on Juwan Gary? I agree with everything you said, Drew. He's about 190 right now. He's probably going to put on about 25 pounds in college. He's going to put on a bunch of muscle mass. He's a guy who he's going to be the best player on the team one day, and he's going to be able to get a guy that can lead a team to the NCAA tournament. 
I'm not sure how far he could take a team in the NCAA tournament. He's a guy who, if he's the best player on your team, he's doing pretty good. He's a fantastic player, great shooter, can score from all over the floor, not only behind the three-point line, but he can drive the ball and score at the rim. So uh, a fantastic defender. And this is a, probably the best player in Coach Johnson recruiting the class this year is Juwan Gary. Now, who do, we've talked about him on a podcast before, but just refresh our listeners. Who would you compare him to? Well, he's from uh, the state of South Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina specifically. He reminds me of another guy who played at the University of South Carolina. Uh, a very young player, just graduated a couple of years ago. A guy by the name of Sendarius Thornwell. Do you remember Sendarius Thornwell, Drew? Yeah, I do. I think he was uh, maybe led the one of the top scorers in the SEC. Uh, is actually the SEC Player of the Year a couple of years back. If we're talking about the same Sendarius Thornwell. We are, Drew. We are talking about the same Sendarius Thornwell. All right. Yeah, I think uh, Jawan Gary might could have that same type of impact uh, as he matures into his college career. Jalen Forbes is a guy that we actually have not talked about on the podcast. He must have committed when we were taking a little break. But 6'4", 180 out of Florence High School, a big-time scorer out of Mississippi, 25.9 points per game, 5.6 rebounds per game as a junior. What are your thoughts on Jalen Forbes? I like Jalen Forbes a lot, Drew. I think he's a guy who's a pure shooter. Uh, you look at him, he doesn't really fill up the stat sheet. He wouldn't be a great I, – I, you know, I know you millennials, you like your fantasy basketball. I'm not sure how great of a fantasy basketball player he'd be. But he puts a lot of points on the board. He, he could really deadly beyond the arc. Uh, it, it, the worry I have is the competition isn't very high where he is, like it is with Jawan Gary. There's not a lot of competition around Florence, Mississippi – where Jalen Forbes, Jalen Forbes is, but he's a good prospect. Uh, he's he's more well-rounded than other guys we're going to talk about. He reminds a lot of the kid out of Stone Mountain, Georgia, playing in the SEC right now, and he's really the best player on, on a fantastic basketball team at this current moment, a guy by the name of Bryce Brown. Do you know Bryce Brown, Drew? Yeah, he's a, he's a tremendous basketball player, really a tremendous shooter, one of the top two guards in the country, I think. And, uh, yeah, that team he plays for, you think they have a chance to win the national championship this year? Well, they've got a chance to go a long way. I, I You know, I don't like predicting the NCAA basketball championship. You know, you got to win six games in a row in a tournament setting. And, and as we know with basketball, anybody can beat anybody on a given day. So I don't like predicting those things. And then it all comes down how the liberals at the NCAA set up the tournament bracket that year and how, you know how it is, they favor some teams more than others. And so I'm not going to be able to make that prediction. But I, I wouldn't be surprised, and I think I would probably bet on his team making the Final Four this year. Yeah, I think so as well. A lot of great players on that team. The last signing, Jaden Shackelford out of Hesperia, California. We've compared him before. 25.1 points per game as a junior. What else can Jaden Shackelford do? He's really just a fantastic basketball player, Drew, out of Hesperia, California. He's really got, you know, going to some great competition over there in California. Uh, he, he can't do a whole lot defensively. That's a concern for me right now. But he can really score the basketball. He's really into the offense. Uh, the issue I have with him right now, he's the best player on his team, so he likes to shoot every time. I like to see how he learns to play the team game. Uh, he's not going to be an assist guy. He's only going to average maybe ever one assist per game, not going to really play down the paint. Um, but he can really fill it up and score. So I'm interested to see how he fits in with Jalen Forbes 
to be real honest with you, and how they play together because they're very similar players. But when we talk about Jaden Shackelford, you're talking about a guy who really reminds me of a guy who played a few years in the NBA uh, out of Eastern Europe. Uh, really a, a guy who had overcome a lot of struggles in Eastern Europe to make it to the NBA. A guy by the name of Sarunas Yesakevishis. Drew, do you remember Sarunas Yesakevishis? Uh, yeah, I think so. Sarunas Yesakevishis, uh, he's from, uh, is it Turkey or Slovenia or Israel? You remember? That doesn't sound right to me, Drew. I, have you been studying up on your geography lately? That does not sound right to me. No, I don't. I don't, I don't not lately. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a pretty good player. Oh, it's uh, Lithuania, isn't it? It is Lithuania, Drew. Do you know what city in Lithuania he's from? Is it Kayunas, maybe? That's right, Drew. He's from Kayunas. I went to go scout him there in Kayunas, Lithuania, back when you were probably barely even born yet. So you should probably learn these things before you come on this podcast and try to lecture me about geography. <laughs> I think I'll try I'll try my best next time. I know uh, – I didn't know that you were quite the geography expert. But were you trying to quiz surprised. me, Drew, about about my about these current prospects that I've been comparing? You know, I don't make, I don't take these comparisons lightly. Yeah, I, I know that, Mark. Um, I'm, did you know that his mom was a uh, famous Lithuanian or Eastern Europe handball player? I did, Drew. Drew, I've I've been with his family before. I've had dinner with his family, Drew. Okay, well, I believe that. Um, you want me to tell you about his brothers and sisters later? Yeah, let's take that off the podcast because I think we have some listeners uh, who really want to hear our baseball player comparisons. So, uh, but one one last basketball question: uh, Trendon Watford, the four star forward out of Mountain Brook, does not look like he's going to sign in the fall. What do you think Alabama's chances are of getting him in the spring? Well, I think it's pretty good, Drew. You know, the biggest competition for Alabama right now is Memphis. You look at the guys Memphis taken so far. Uh, DJ Jeffries is a fantastic player. I like Malcolm Dandridge a lot, too. Uh, These are guys who, and they have some pretty high targets out there on the board already, or they probably have a little higher than Trenton Watford, or I shouldn't say higher, that are more likely to commit to Memphis than Trenton Watford earlier. So I really like Alabama's chance at this point. You look at their main competition, Memphis, I don't really think he's going to go to Memphis at this point. So I really like Alabama's chances. All right. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be waiting on him to see what he does. But let's talk some baseball signees. A bunch of Alabama releases a good number of signees. We're going to talk them through a little bit and and then give the player comparisons. Um, really want to start with Peyton Wilson. He's also he's he's a, he's out of Hoover High School. Brothers uh, John Parker and Ross Wilson are very familiar to Alabama fans. He's a catcher, 5'10", 170. Not a real big guy. I've, I've seen him play, and, and he can really he's, re- he's a really good player, Mark. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit more about Peyton Wilson. Well, he can, he, he plays catcher, but he'd also be really a middle infielder or even an outfielder if he needed to be. What I like about Peyton Wilson is the way the ball comes off his bat. You know, For as long as I've been doing this uh, and scouting baseball prospects, one of the things I look for is the sound that it makes or the sound that it makes when the bat hits the ball. And it just pops with him. He It sounds different from other guys his size. He's only 170 pounds and 5'10". Uh, you know, he's a little older for his age. His parents held him back athletically. Uh, so he's a little older than everyone else in his class. And, he, and, and so he'd always be the best player in his grade. I like the fact that his parents really took that step to give him an athletic advantage. 
Uh, I also like about that he's 19 years old. He's more mature uh, than everyone. You know, when I was playing on the JV baseball team when I was a senior, I always liked it that the guys who were also seniors but were 19 come up and buy cigarettes for everybody. So I'm sure Peyton Wilson's doing that for all the people on his team uh, right now. But I like Peyton, Wil- uh, Peyton Wilson a lot. He reminds me about another guy who had a real successful career in the major leagues, a guy by the name of Mickey Tettleton. Drew, do you remember Mickey Tettleton? Yeah, I think uh, he played for the Tigers maybe a little bit. That's how, yeah, that sounds right, Drew. He played for the Tigers, I believe, in the, in the heyday back in the mid-'80s. He played for them, and I may have won a World, World Series with them. But when I look at Peyton Wilson uh, catch the ball back there and I want to watch him hit, it reminds a lot of Mickey Tettleton. All right. Yeah, it's a miracle that he's been able. I mean, do you go to Hoover baseball games or is it just football games that you, you don't, don't go to? Well, we talked about this, Drew. I try to wait, stay away from Hoover because of the, the crime in the area and the danger that involves. And and I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a gun-carrying person. If I were, I'd be more likely to go to Hoover because I would need my gun for self-defense. You know, we talked about buying nunchucks before, and I didn't say this before, Drew, but I know you're going to Hoover on Friday, and I hope you stay safe out there. And and perhaps, I don't know how it works with your phone, but have a GPS system in place so somebody knows where you are at all times. But, but uh, yeah, I, I like Peyton Wilson a lot, if that's the question. Yeah, I know you've been to a lot of road games. Staying in the Hoover, in the uh, Birmingham metro area, uh, Dowd Ritter out of Mountain Brook, Alabama, 6'5", 195, hard-throwing right-handed pitcher. Uh, you know, I, I, like I, I should say, I've seen Peyton Wilson play. I agree with all, all of what you said. I went to go see him at Hoover. Have not seen Dowd Ritter play, but I'm sure you're pretty familiar with him. Um, is he a raw prospect, or is he a guy who uh, you know, could come in and throw some innings right away? Well, yeah, he's pretty raw, Drew, but he has, he has a professional – uh, uh, velocity and speed on the ball. I don't like using the term velocity because velocity, uh, as as you know, because you're a college-educated person from physics, velocity implies a direction and not only a speed. So I like to say that he has a lot of speed on his ball. He throws the ball real fast. I like his pitches, but he really, at Mountain Brook, he's not getting a lot of great coaching uh, uh, in the baseball program. I've been saying for years that Mountain Brook needs to move on from their current staff and really get some people in that can develop their players because I don't think that's happening right now at Mountain Brook. But as a prospect, I like Dowd Ritter a lot. He reminds me a lot of a guy out of the Dominican Republic, uh, signed with the Mets a few years ago, was the Mets' closer a few years ago, a guy by the name of Jenry Mejia. Do you remember Jenry Mejia? Yes, he's the guy who was who's given a lifetime ban by Major League Baseball because of his third suspension for performance enhancing drugs. He was Drew, and to be honest, I thought that was a, a sham. Uh, I thought you know he's, in my opinion, he is completely innocent. I think that Major League Baseball is out to get him uh, because he's from the Dominican Republic. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I don't want to go deep, go too deep into that, but. When I watched Dowd Ritter pitch, he reminds me a lot of a young Junior Mejia. All right. Um, some some really big names on this signing class, and I think a lot of them, you know, there could be some pro prospects. And one who I would be really surprised if he ended up at Alabama is C.J. Abrams, the uh, middle infielder shortstop out of uh, Georgia. And, you know, you look at him, he, 
I don't know how high he can go in the draft. You, you might know a lot more, but uh, Baseball America, number you know, they rank rank him second uh, in the country. You know, other outlets as well have him very high. Just an elite shortstop, Mark. Uh, 62180. I know you've seen a lot a lot of CJ Abrams Mark. Tell us about him and do you think he ever plays an inning for Alabama? I I really don't, Drew. I think he's going to be a top 5 uh draft pick in the major league draft this year, maybe top 10. Uh but without a doubt a first round draft pick. I I think he's the best player that Alabama's ever signed to be honest with you, and I don't see any situation or scenario where he ends up playing an inning for Alabama. Uh you know, he's 6'2", 180, uh, great bat, great fielding, great arm. He's really a five-tool player already in high school. Uh, and so I, I, I honestly, I, I don't think he'll ever suit up in an Alabama uniform. I think it's good that Coach Bohannon signed him uh, just for the, the message that it sends, that great players sign with Alabama. But I don't see him ever playing and playing an inning for the – or taking it a bat for the Crimson Tide. When I watch him play, he reminds me a lot of another guy out of South Florida – uh, you know, just a fantastic player in high school. And as soon as I saw him swing the bat when he was 15 years old, I said this guy's been one of the great players in, in Major League Baseball history. And I'm talking about Alex Rodriguez. Drew, do you, do you know who Alex Rodriguez is? Yeah, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? He is, Drew. Had a bunch of great years, played for the Mariners for a while. They went on to play for the Yankees, won a world championship with the Yankees. And, and I expect the same type of career out of C.J. Abrams. And, and when I compare him to Alex Rodriguez, you know, I say that not to get anybody's hopes up, but to say that he's, he's you know, he's never going to play a, another inning of amateur baseball again in his life. Yeah, he's a heck of a player. Maybe Alabama can keep this this shortstop signing in. This is Miles Austin out of Smyrna, Georgia, 6'3", 185. Uh, but maybe he's also an elite prospect, and if if I uh, you know so he's ranked very high in Georgia, um, but uh, you know top twenty national prospect by perfect game, and I know you've uh, I think you've seen him play uh, some of the local teams around here, Mark. Right? I have, Drew. I watched him play Mountain Brook one night. It was real cold. Uh, not a lot of people in the stands, but you know you know me. I I love the game. And I love breaking down film and breaking down prospects, so I was there. So I saw him in the cold play Mountain Brook a, couple, uh, a few months ago. Yeah, I did. Yeah, what uh, what'd you think about him? Well, you know, I thought he was a good player. I wasn't real impressed with the team around him. Uh, it, you know, to be honest with you, what I'm concerned about is in, in the cold, uh, you know, he is he lost a little concentration. He wasn't real focused on what was going on around him, and that was a concern. Now, that could be a maturity aspect. He could mature out of that and, and really concentrate on every play. It's not real different from defensive linemen who every once in a while take a playoff or two. I thought he was doing a, lot, a little bit of that uh, when he was playing Mountain Brook that night. Uh, but but I think he's a fine player, Drew. When I look at him, remind me of who he plays or who, he, who I compare him to. He reminds a lot of Ozzie Gian. Do you remember Ozzie Gian, Drew? Yeah, uh, I think he's he played for the White Sox. That Ozzie Gian went on to be a manager. I don't know what he's up to nowadays, but uh, yeah, he he's a very very fiery, uh, passionate player. Yeah, that Ozzie Gian, Drew. You know, it's a real shame that Ozzie Gian uh, hasn't got another chance in managing a major league baseball team. I honestly think that he's one of the great 
managers the the world of baseball has ever seen, to be honest with you. But as a player, when I watch Miles Austin and I look at the way that Ozzie Guillen approached the game at the same age, they're very similar. And so I, I think it's a fantastic comparison that I made. And I love the fact that Miles Austin, the way he plays, and and I do wish that he would, you know, really focus a little more. But once he does, he he gives me a lot of Ozzie Guillen. Absolutely. Staying in or going back into the state, Blake Bennett, 6'2", 205, left-handed, left-handed pitcher out of uh, Haleyville, uh, out kind of in northwest Alabama. What do you know about Blake Bennett? Well, he's from Haleyville. We don't know about Haleyville. They admitted 9-1-1, Drew. Did you know that? Uh, no, but I'll take your word for it. They did. 9-1-1 was admitted in Haleyville. So not only did 9-1-1 come out of Haleyville, Blake Bennett did too. Blake Bennett did too. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's 6'2", 205 pounds. He has three pitches right now. Uh, pretty good velocity on his fastball. Really good changeup. And when he's in command of his changeup, it's really just impossible to hit. Uh, he has a good curveball, has three pitches. Uh, he has a mid-80s cutter he, that I would like to have a little more polish on. But but as, a, as far as where he is right now as a high school senior, uh, I think he's in a pretty good situation. Uh, he needs a third pitch to develop that cutter, uh, but we'll see how it goes. I think he'll be fine. I think when you're looking at the Allen baseball program going forward, I think he's a guy who could be a pretty good weekend starter, maybe in a, maybe even a high leverage high leverage reliever. Uh, if not, he's going to be a midweek guy that can eat up some innings for you. But I like Blake Bennett a lot. Uh, he reminds a lot of a guy who played in the early 2000s, guy who was at one point was the the Alabama all-time strikeout leader was the Alabama all-time strikeout leader for about 12 months, if I recall correctly. A guy by the name of Brent Carter. Drew, do you remember Brent Carter? I don't think so. Uh, will you refresh my memory on him? He is a big left-handed guy, much like Blake Bennett is. He had the same height and weight. Really good pickoff move, the same way Blake Bennett had. Has the same number of pitches. He had three pitches. He really only had two coming out of high school. We got to college, he developed that third pitch, but got some really good coaching, uh, helped him aid in his career. Ended up being about a, a mid-round, uh, I'd say about a 13th, 14th round draft pick back when he was at Alabama. And I think Blake Bennett has a lot of comparisons to him. And, and Drew, uh, when I, that's really a, one of the more fantastic comparisons I've ever made uh, because of all those things I just mentioned. I love Blake Bennett. I think he can be a fantastic player. I remember Blake Brent Carter coming in. Uh, in, in the SEC tournament one year and, and really doing a number on Arkansas in the SEC championship game. I believe it's freshman year. And I think Blake Bennett has that type of potential. So I'm, I'm looking for big things out of Blake Bennett as an SEC baseball player. Yeah, that's an outstanding comparison. I think my memories – I'm finally starting to remember Brent Carter. I think, uh, I think I remember you telling me about him back about 15 years ago. Hey, um, uh, moving on, Zane Denton, uh, third third baseman, six foot two hundred five out of Brentwood, Tennessee. He's another guy that seems like a pretty good pro prospect, uh, top rated number five overall player in Tennessee. Um, what do What do you know about this guy? Well, he's a guy that you know. We talked about some guys, you know, Abrams and Austin earlier, guys who could go pro. Uh, you know, this is the guy that's kind of a tweener. Uh, he and I say twinner, meaning he could go pro, but it's not completely assured that he will. He's got the talent for it, but it really comes down to where he's drafted. Um, you know, I really like him a lot. He's a big guy, 
third baseman, can hit for power, can hit for average. Going to get some fantastic talent over there in Middle Tennessee in the Nashville area. He reminds a lot of a guy who, who played in the ACC, uh, another great baseball player who I remember seeing uh, and breaking down his film when he was in high school. Guy by the name of Chad Flack out of the University of North Carolina. Do you remember Chad Flack, Drew? Yeah, is he the one who hit the game-winning home run against Alabama in Game 2 of the Super Regionals in 2006? Is that Chad Flack? You know, I don't remember that. I, you know, Drew, I, I watched the college game, but I only watch it when people ask me to, like when the Alabama basketball coaches ask me to break down film of their basketball games. I, I, I'm not really involved in that, but I'll take your word for it if that's what happened. Yeah, that's that seems what, what I remember. And uh, he seems like a good a good corner infielding corner infielder prospect with some power. How about a catcher with some power? Owen Diodotti, and he is a Canadian prospect and uh, number ten overall player in in Ontario by perfect game six three two ten. And you know Brad Bohannon recruited Edward Julian, who hit double digit home runs to, for Auburn uh, this past year as a freshman. So maybe Owen Diodotti can have the same type of impact. So what do you know about this kid? Yeah, well, you know, he's out of Canada, Drew. We know in Canada they can only play baseball for two weeks out of the year. But during those two weeks, he really has a, has a great feel of the game, from what I can tell. He's got big, raw power. He's a guy that can hit it all the way to the steps of Colton Coliseum if you want him to. Uh, and I can tell he has a lot of potential to be a great, a great, great catcher by the way he squats and the way he moves behind the plate, the way his rear is able to rotate and change direction. I'm really impressed by Owen Diodotti, Drew, and I think he's he's a little raw behind the plate. And when in terms of the technical part of hitting, he's a little raw there. But in terms of all the tools that you're looking for in a SEC baseball player, he's got them all. Yeah. Uh, does he remind you of anybody in particular? He does, Drew. I'm glad you asked me that. He reminds me of another guy played uh, in the SEC. I believe he's coaching nowadays. A uh, guy by the name of Casey Dunn. You remember Casey Dunn, Drew? I do. Is This is the Casey Dunn out of uh, Vestavia Hills. It is, Drew. Played for a real fantastic coach at Vestavia Hills. Uh, you know I'm talking about. Real played for a great coach there. Went on had a fantastic SEC career. A uh, uh, fantastic career in the SEC team. And, and now he's making great things with life. And I'm really impressed with the way that Casey or the things Casey Dunn has done. And the wings he did in college to be a fantastic player. And Owen Diodotti has those same tools. Yep. Alabama also signs Britt Sparks, a right-handed pitcher out of Shelton State, a big guy. And he played at American Christian Academy where he was more of a shortstop. But it looks like he's uh, going to be a pitcher for Alabama down the line. So he hasn't pitched much in, a, in his career, it doesn't seem like. But what's your, what's your opinion of Britt Sparks? Well, you said it, Drew. He's relatively new to pitching. Uh, he's got a lot of potential. He has a huge arm. He did play shortstop mostly when he was in high school. Started pitching late in his high school career and, and really uh, started pitching a little bit more when he was at Shelton. But uh, my friend Coach Bohan was talking to him the other day, and he really likes him as a pitcher at this level. Uh, what I'm impressed by him is even though he's relatively new to that to pitching and the tech, all the technicalities that go on to it, and and all the skill that's needed to become a great pitcher. What I'm impressed with him with is his ability, the amount of torque that he's able to create on his windup. And, and you know, I'm talking about Thomas Fletcher all the time and the amount of torque that he can create when he 
snaps the ball back to the punter or the holder. You know, Britt Sparks is not very different in the amount of torque that he can develop. So he's got a lot of potential, and I'm interested to see how it turns out. Yeah, when you watch, uh, I know he hasn't. You don't know, haven't seen too many innings of this guy, but surely you have enough to make a comparison, right? Oh, absolutely, Drew. He reminds me of one of my favorite players of all time. A uh, guy who played for the Giants for a while, made the Hall of Fame. Guy by the name of Juan Marichal. Drew, you might be a little too young to remember Juan Marichal. Do you remember? Do you remember Juan Marichal? Uh. You know, I don't because he played long before I was born, but I, I've read a lot about him. Now, this is the guy who used to – he had this real high leg kick and used to throw at batter's heads a lot, right? Played mostly for – Yeah, he got a little giant. trouble for that uh, uh, every once in a while for throwing at batter's head. But, you know, my thoughts are if you're a pitcher, you know, you got to have command of that plate. you got to know who the boss is. And sometimes you have to be, you know, be dominant – and let people know who's in charge. And I don't have a problem with Juan Marichal doing that. And if Brett Sparks' dad started doing that, I wouldn't have a problem with that either. Yeah. Uh, Alabama stays locally. It signs William Hammeter, an infielder out of uh, Northridge High School in Tuscaloosa, which I don't know if Jim Wells is still coaching there or not, but I know he has coached there for a time. Uh, but this is a guy who's ranked as the uh, number five overall prospect in the state. Uh, by perfect game and uh, hit 422 with nine homers, 46 RBIs as a junior. Pretty good stats right there for the young man out of Tuscaloosa. Um, what, what do we know about William Hammeter? Well, you said it, Drew. He's a real small guy. He uh, doesn't allow having natural baseball tools. But what I like about him is uh, a couple of things. One, I really like the way he positions himself in the batter's box, uh, depending on the count. You know, if it's 0-2, he's going to shorten up and really crowd the plate. But he's really going to go off for a big hit, uh, you know, if it's 1-0 or 2-0. I also like the fact he's really efficient at the ability to move runners around the bases. And what I mean by that is he's really good at sacrifice bunting. He, that's an excellent skill that he has. So I think he can be a weapon uh, for the team if, he, if they're ever in a situation where they need to sacrifice bunt. And, and really – out of Northridge, Tuscaloosa, that's really the, the best prospect you could ask for is, is a guy with those tools. So I like William Hamder a lot. He reminds me a lot of Billy Ripken. Drew, do you remember Billy Ripken? You don't mean Cal Ripken Jr., do you? No, Drew, I don't. Oh, Billy Ripken, his brother, he played a little bit in the major leagues too, right? Yeah, Drew, are you trying to quiz me again? Because I know a lot more about this than you do if you want to play this game. Yeah, I just couldn't quite remember uh, Billy Ripken. It took me a little while to, to think of it. Obviously, Cal was the bigger name, and Cal Sr., I think, was his manager. But uh, I guess now that I, now that my memory's kind of catching back to me, Billy Ripken was kind of a light-hitting middle infielder in the major leagues for about a decade, if we're talking about the same Billy Ripken. We are, Drew. I said Billy Ripken. How many Billy Ripkens do you know? Uh, just that one, but you never know. It's a common name, so there might be uh, might be more than one. So, other than Cal, how many people with the last name of Ripken do you know? Well, Cal Senior. Do you know him personally? No, I think he passed away. Okay, so you don't know him. Correct. What's your point? Billy Ripken's not a common name, Drew. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, we have a few more to, to break down. Garrett Hester, 6'2", 185 out of Dade City, Florida. 
at a Pasco High School, I believe. I know you you like going down to Dade City, and uh, you know he struck out 113 batters in 65 innings as a junior, 1.62 ERA. Maybe he's a hard throwing guy, but you know more about him. He also plays golf. So what's uh, what's the word on, on Garrett Hester? Well, you know, when it comes to pitching, if you're a good golfer, you're a good pitcher. There are two very similar techniques in approaching the game in terms of the, the mechanics that it takes in the swing and the mechanics that it takes in the windup. So the fact that he's a good pitcher is only a plus for me. I like Garrett Hester a lot. I also like the fact that he has a fantastic knuckle curve uh, and really an expert at it at this point. And that's really a weapon in his arsenal. What concerns me for him is the fact that sometimes he tips his pitches. But uh, I already have an appointment to talk to my good friend Coach Bohannon about that. And I have some ideas on how we can get that fixed. He reminds me a lot of a guy who played in the majors for a long time, uh, way into the to mid-90s, if I believe. A guy by the name of Charlie Liebrandt. Do you remember Charlie Liebrandt, Drew? I do. Is he the same guy who gave up that Game 6 1991 World Series home run to Kirby Puckett in the 12th inning? It really it, He was, Drew, but to be honest with you, uh, due to some serious umpiring mistakes in that game and, and Kent Herbeck uh, blatantly cheating the game of baseball and pulling Ron Gant off the base, uh, they never would have been in that situation. That's real disappointing that Charlie Liebrandt uh, gets the blame from that from people who are uh, unknowledgeable at the game about the game as you are. So that's that's unfortunate for Charlie Liebrandt, but it, that takes away from the fact that he was a fantastic pitcher, and, and Garrett Hester should really be honored by the fact that I compared him to Charlie Liebrandt. All right, four more here. Uh, big signing class for Brad Bohannon. Logan Keller, 6'2", 190, a shortstop out of Longwood, Florida, Lake Brantley High School. Number 49 rated player in Florida. A lot of big-time players in Florida. I'm not sure how you ranked them, but maybe around there. And uh, can't seem to find any stats on them, but stats don't tell the whole story. What's the word on Logan Keller? Well, anytime you come from the state of Florida, you're you're coming from some big-time competition. Uh, so I like this guy a lot. I think he has a lot of potential. Well, I like the way he's a, he's a leader on the field. I like the way he positions his fellow infielders. He's a great communicator. He reminds a lot of Walt Weiss. Do you remember Walt Weiss, Drew? Uh, I think I do. He was a uh, the 1988 Rookie of the Year, if I remember right. Played a lot for the A's, the Rockies, and uh, uh, maybe he was even a manager for a little while. If we're thinking about the same Walt Weiss. We are, Drew. Won the Rookie of the Year with the A's. Had a really fantastic career. Played really maybe a decade and a half. Uh, played for the Braves for a while. Really a fantastic player. When I look at Logan Keller, the way he approaches the game and the way he approaches the play and the way he plays defense, he reminds a lot of Walt Weiss. All right. Ryan O'Connell, a right-handed pitcher, six foot 190 out of Wabash Valley Community College. And, uh, you know, he had a 163 ERA last year, one eight and two, two saves as a freshman. So, He'll come into Alabama. You know, you, you like to sign those junior college pitchers who might come in and be an ace, throw some big innings. But uh, at a Lafayette High School in Wildwood, Missouri, I'm sure you saw him back then playing for the Lancers. What do we know about Ryan O'Connell? 
One of the things I like about Ryan O'Connell, Drew, is the fact that he comes from a great high school program in Lafayette, uh, Missouri. Great program at Lafayette High School. Goes on continues a career at Wabash Valley Community College. What I like about him the most is the fact that where he positions himself on the rubber, he really, depending on the pitch count, really knows and can read into the batter what the batter's thinking and and really uh, intelligently uh, really you know can consider what the batter's doing. He's almost psychic the way he approaches the plate. He reminds me a lot of a guy who had a really successful MLB career, a guy by the name Bartolo Colon. Do you remember Bartolo Colon, Drew? Yeah, did you know I think he's still playing or trying to play? Well, that's not surprising to me, Drew. You know, I've known Bartolo Colon for a long time, and what I know about him is he loves the game of baseball. He's not a guy who's going to lose his skills and quit. Uh, so that's not surprising to me at all that he's still out there. Yeah, I think he's 45, so you think he might want to go another decade or so in the bigs? You know, I think that, you know, my thoughts are players should go as long as they want to, and if he's 45 years old, uh, but the way he looked at his mechanics, he keeps himself in great shape. I wouldn't be surprised me at all to see him pitching into his 50s. All right. Andrew Pinckney out of at a 6'3", 180-pound outfielder out of Peachtree City, Georgia. Number 32 outfield prospect in Georgia and uh, hit 377 as a junior in 21 games. Those are the only stats that I see from him on RollTide.com. But uh, he was born in Tuscaloosa, so... What's the word on Andrew Pinkney? Yeah, it's a good get by Coach Bohannon getting this kid who was born in Tuscaloosa. Uh, goes out and grows up in Peachtree City, Georgia. Plays some you know, great baseball players out of the state of Georgia. He always knows where the wall is when it comes to foul territory. And his awareness of the wall, where the wall is really is, is indicative of his awareness of the game and what's going on in the game. So I'm really impressed with Andrew Pinkney. Yeah, that's a good description of a prospect. Uh, who does he remind you of when you break down his film? That's a great question, Drew. He reminds me a lot of a guy who had a real successful major league career, a guy by the name of Ken Griffey Sr. Do you remember Ken Griffey Sr., Drew? Yeah, uh, not junior, but senior, right? That's correct, not junior. I, I, di- I didn't make that comparison at all. Just to be clear about this, I'm talking about Ken Griffey Sr. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember he played for the, the Cincinnati Reds in the mid-'70s, I think. Actually had a very long uh, Major League Baseball career. And, uh, you know, it seems like I read somewhere that most people thought when he, as a kid, his best sport was football. But I imagine you were one of the few who thought that he was baseball all the way. Well, of course, Drew. You know, as soon as I watched him at the, at the plate hitting the ball, and I watched him breaking down his football film, I knew from the very, you know, as soon as I saw that, he was going to be a fantastic baseball player, and I'm so glad that he chose baseball over football. Good deal. Um, and our last signee is Connor, I guess it's Connor Prylip is, is how I think it's pronounced, 6'2", 165 out of Tomah, Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, those left-handed pitchers there, he's the number two overall player in the state of Wisconsin, uh, had an 0.27 ERA with 97 strikeouts and 52 innings. Uh, last year as a junior, also plays quarterback, I believe, for his high school football team. What can you tell us about this kid? Well, I like the fact that he plays football, Drew. That means he's a natural leader on the field. He's a natural leader on the football team. Uh, the thing I like about Connor Prylap, even though he comes from Wisconsin, where you know there are some good players that come out of Wisconsin, we don't think of it as a baseball hotbed. He, But he's got the best pickoff move I think I've ever seen. 
and, and analyzing high school baseball players for years. His is just fantastic. He's got a great wind-up. he got a knee bend that's wind-up that adds some extra spin on that slider, adds some extra movement. He reminds a lot of a guy who had a real successful Major League Baseball career, especially with the Toronto Blue Jays, a guy by the name of Jimmy Key. Drew, do you remember Jimmy Key? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Uh, very just your average crafty left-hander, but I'm sure there's something special about Jimmy Key that you see, in, or about Connor Pryor that you saw with Jimmy Key, right? Well, that's correct, Drew. First, I, I want to be, be make something clear. Jimmy Key is not just your average crafty left-hander. He's a four-times All-Star and, you know, he, he MLB leaders and wins in 1994. And as we all know, that's the most important stat in baseball pitching is the number of wins. He was the MLB ERA leader in 1987. So what, Jimmy Key was not just your average crafty left-hander. So I'm kind of offended by that. And, and I think that when I call Con, Con, uh, Connor Prylip and I compare him to Jimmy Key, uh, apparently – you don't think that's very much of a comparison or much of an honor to Kyler Prylet, but it really is. And frankly, I think you should go back and look more and understand more of your baseball history if you can't properly understand my comparisons. I think I have to respect your opinion there. Hopefully Connor Prylet can turn into an ace in the SEC. I'm pretty sure he was recruited by some pretty uh, high-level programs, Mark. Um but yeah, I think that'll wrap it up with the uh, with the Alabama baseball and Alabama basketball signing classes. I know a lot of people they really want to know who you compare guys to, and, and even in sports that we never talk about, like gymnastics. But do you draw the line there when it comes to sports like that? I mean, I'm always interested in expanding my frontier of knowledge to things like gymnastics. But but frankly, Drew, I'm very focused on high school football right now, and. I'm very focused on all these sports that we talk about, and I don't think there's much listener demand on your podcast for me breaking down gymnastics. But if you get a bunch of gymnastics questions for your next podcast, I'd love to break down some film on that. All right. We will definitely consider that. Uh, let's wrap up that. Uh, let's wrap up this week's edition of the Champs Corner Podcast, the midweek edition. Hopefully you guys will listen and, and share with your friends on Friday as you're ending the work week. Uh, Mark, I just want to thank you so much for for uh, for talking about all these big time prospects. As always, Drew, it's my pleasure. I hope we don't have another pumps and system convention you have to go to next week, and I hope we get to do it again real soon. Good deal. Follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Jennings five five. Follow me at Drew Champlin. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, Castbox, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Please share with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to keep this podcast going. And uh, until next time, we will talk to you soon. 